Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Alexis Nicole White, who is a certified project manager and scrum master with over 14 years of experiencing implementing uh, information technology and telecommunications project. Uh, utilizing her expertise, she helps businesses solve their most complex challenges by implementing viable solutions to drive change. Uh, specific areas of ex- expertise include infrastructure, data, cybersecurity, and the mobile workforce. And uh, her previous experience includes uh, voice, so wireless and VoIP, audiovisual integrations, digital supply chain, and ERP augmentation. So Alexis, thank you very much for being on. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And it's a good day. Love it. Yeah. Before we uh, started the recording, you said it was, it was a magnificent Monday. And to be honest, I've never actually heard somebody, uh, you know, say magnificent <laughs> Monday. So I, I like the vibe. I, I enjoyed that. So I am all for it. Um, so given that it's magnificent Monday, I'd love for you to dive into, mm-hmm. you know, how you got to doing what you're doing. It seems like a very, you know, technical specialized uh, area which, uh, yeah, I'd love to know kind of your story of how you got into it and where you are right now. It was not intentional. (laughs) Um, I actually have a history of being a creative. Um, And so I was anti anything this technical, um, this uh, rigid, you know, um, it's one of those things. and, and, And it's kind of funny because when I look at my personality, I'm like, yeah, you belong here because I'm very logical. Either it works, it doesn't work. I'm very rigid in the way that I think. Um, I did a brain study, um, the HBDI study, if anyone has heard of that before. And when I got my results back, I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense because I am definitely a blue brainer. Um, And even under stress, I'm way off the charts, very analytical, logical, it has to make sense, very linear, you know, that type of thing, which is interesting because I am flexible at times, but it has to make sense. Why are we necessitating this flexibility? You know, like I I just don't go for anything that people say. So when you think about it in that perspective, it absolutely makes sense that I'm here, but it was not intentional for me to get into this space. I've been in this space for almost 15 years now. Um, if you really think about, you know, what the entry level point and how I've matured my career over the time, it's, it was just, just divine intervention in all honesty. Um, I wish I had a more, you know, planned answer, you know, in terms of, oh, I went to school for this and I just knew because I didn't. Um, it was something that just happened to me and I mastered it and I continue to stretch myself as I go. So now what makes me do what I do in terms of consulting for small businesses is that I realized that there has been a gap in understanding of how things really work. 
typically entrepreneurs have a specific skill that they are monetizing. So what I mean by that is you may fix cars. So now you want to open up an auto repair shop, right? You know how to do that, but you don't know the ins and outs of other things. Now, translating that over, you might be an attorney and you decided that you want to open up your own law practice. And while you are familiar with different legal things that you have to do, maybe you don't know how to really set things up to really move forward. So utilizing the skills and expertise of project management, because everything can be a project, I help bridge that gap for those who don't know and those who want to know how to make things come into fruition so that you can have best success and to be able to move forward with actually successful implementations because a lot of people waste a lot of money trying to do the basic things. You know, um, I'll say, for example, trying to get internet up and going when you're when you're scaling your business, right? That's a full-fledged project. It's not just so much of having people come out to run cable and plugging it into a box and making sure it works. You need to make sure you have the, the bandwidth that you need, the security is in place. You know, when are you going to have this installed? Because you can't do this during normal business hours because now you're out of commission. So it's so many different things, especially in this world of e-commerce. You know, you can't just throw up an online store and think that that's how that works. You have to really have a plan from front to back end of how this is going to work and how does it impact your operations. So those in a nutshell are things that I help to quantify for people who are looking to grow their business or to undertake some type of project to get a tangible result that will minimize any waste as possible. Beautiful. So, I mean, I, I think your uh, explanation of it is fully aligned with how you describe yourself as like very, you know, planned and like rigid and it's got to make sense. It's got to be structured properly. It was a beautifully structured answer. Um, so kudos to you for that. And just to kind of elaborate on that, you know, what I've heard is like, especially when you describe the bit about the internet and like the lines have to be put in, et cetera. It's like so many people get into business looking from the outside in of like, oh, it's like, you know, this person just like he presses this button and then this funnel goes or like, the, you know, you press go here and then all these things work. Mm -hmm. And it's like when they work, it's beautiful. It's like, I want that outcome. But the realization of the skill set and the work and the thinking that goes into setting that up so that when you do press the button, it does function the way that you want it to, um, I think is, is very much overlooked, uh, not even just by new entrepreneurs, like all entrepreneurs at mm -hmm. any new going into whatever new level you're going into. Um, and it sounds to me like what you do is you're basically the bridge of that gap. Like either mm -hmm. I press this button, it doesn't work. So we call you in, or I know I have to like set, have this button set up. So I'm going to call you so that it's, we can get mm -hmm. as close to right the, per, the, the first time. Right. So would that right. kind of be accurate from your vantage yes. point? Yes, it's definitely a discipline and precision. And, you know, a lot of times when people, you know, we all joke as certified project managers, you know, that we're just paper pushers, you know, it's a joke, right? But it's not really a joke because at the end of the day, is so many different pieces of what goes into a project. That's why it's called a discipline. You know, we have to orchestrate all of these different things. You have to align the vision, 
with the, the funding, you know, the capital that's involved there. We also have to make sure that we have the resources, that's your people or your physical resources that, you know, like if you need cable, you know, how much cable, <laughs> you know, like it's just so many different things that go into it and plan it out on the schedule. So it's not just written documentation, it's quantifiable data. You know, are we burning through money faster? or not, you know, are we either behind schedule or are we ahead of schedule? I mean, it's just so many different pieces that goes into it, but I'm the, ma I'm the mastermind behind managing all of these different intricacies to make sure that you have success. So when I express to you, you know, a recommendation or a best practice or, you know, some insight based on previous projects that I've managed, you know, it's not to be, you know, difficult or combative, it's to really get you on the right path to where we're going to hit success the way that we thought we were. And if we're going to miss that, we're going to get as close to perfect as we possibly can so that you don't have any missteps. Beautiful. Uh, I love that. So in that case, given that, you know, not only do you have this like vast experience of, you know, more than a decade, like doing this, it means that you kind of seen the you know, beginning stages of a lot of uh, technologies, I'm assuming as well to kind of like their, their maturity now, et cetera. Um, what is it that's happening uh, in your business right now that, you know, you're finding as a challenge or as a problem or, or that's like a backlog uh, for you? It's definitely, I will say soft skills, believe it or not, is not my strength. <laughs> and I have been working on this more so within the last five years, because I'm cognizant that the perception may be that I'm being difficult. And that's, that's not it at all. You know, I take pride in my work. I'm very passionate about the things that I've, I mean, you just said it yourself. I've seen so many different things come into fruition, right? And so knowing that I've seen so many different things, so many worst case scenarios. I'm always, you know, I'm almost like the project whisperer, right? Because somebody's like, oh my God, it's going off the rails. I need your help. And it's like, uh, okay. You know, so it's like when I come in and I start getting information, I'm like, okay, well, it sounds like this is where we went wrong. So this is what I, I, I recommend we do to get back on track. Or based on previous experience, this is where I've noticed, you know, people have seen most success. And so, you know, I'm learning now that when I'm not being heard, don't fight to be heard because at the end of the day, they're the sponsors, they're paying for this, right? So at this point, you've made the recommendation, you might have rephrased it in case they didn't understand the first time. And at this point, I just, I agree with you, whether or not I'm in agreement with you, because I'm not trying to make this an argument or make this, you know, some type of back and forth, because that's not my intention. I just want you to win. And so learning how to articulate that the softest way possible has been a challenge because I, like I said, that's where I'm struggling. Like I, I'm very flexible when I know I need to be flexible, but when it's not making sense, it's like, okay, now why are we doing this again? <laughs> like, it's not computing up here. <laughs> so now I'm just like, okay, whatever you say, because I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So if you get dive a bit, or I guess maybe wider into mm -hmm. that, how in your own words is this translating into like a business ceiling or a business mm -hmm. problem for you specifically? It has translated because what I find is, is that out of frustration, you kind of shut down, right? 
And so that's not really helpful when you are the project leader or you're the consultant or you are the um, expert, right? Because that's what they call you here to do is to be an expert. So, you know, I, like I said, I've gotten a lot better, but I know that that's still something that I struggle with because, you know, even something as it's a magnificent Monday, you know, like I'm saying anything to make sure that people don't perceive me in the wrong way, that I am legitimately and truthfully here to support you, your business endeavor. I'm a part of your team. Um, I love to give you any feedback that I possibly can, because I'm here for the right reasons and I have the best of intentions. And so, you know, if that means that I have to, I don't know if you watch those little videos like on Instagram, like the little dogs are like saying what I said versus what I really mean emails, you know, like even if, you know, it's me having to type it out and then go back and delete, delete, delete and re-edit. I'm always trying to revise to make sure that the person who's receiving the message receives it with the best of intentions that, you know, I sent it in and I understand that I can't control your perception, but I can do everything that I possibly can to make sure that you understand that I am a team player that is here for you. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And in terms of your actual business, like, cause I get for, and I, I guess I'll give you the context of the question. So like for me, mm -hmm. I can 110% see how in the fulfillment of your contract and your services this mm -hmm. is going to become an issue i can mm -hmm. see it how it becomes an issue for like continuity like if somebody's going to you know rehire you for another project or extend or whatever right like if that communication isn't there if the perceptions differ if the worldviews mm -hmm. differ if how the result turned out differs in perception 110% i can see how the fulfillment piece gets affected by this so as far as like your business, is this, and you don't have to give any specifics by any means as far as like numbers or whatever, but is this impacting, um, you know, like your revenue is like mm -hmm. locked into a particular ceiling. I can't seem to find new clients. I'm not getting referrals. Like what is showing up for you uh, in that way? So for me, it's more so making sure as I prospect clients, right? Because people will call you all day, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, that you're a good fit. And this is inevitably supposed to be a partnership, right? So for me, if I'm starting to get wind, right? Just of energetic vibrations, right? That this is not going to be a good fit because if we're just having basic conversation and I feel like you're not hearing or you're not willing to listen, then at this point, I'm shutting down from the beginning. So just trying to make sure that I find clients that I can actually work with and help has been a challenge, right? But at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I guess because, and this is ironic, right? My top five strengths, integrity is first and foremost. And then my second one is determination and, well, excuse me, strategy, determination and communication. So those are, those are like my strengths, right? So when it's like, we're just talking just to talk, like it burns my biscuits, <laughs> you know? So it's like, okay, I hear the concerns, but what are we going to do differently in order for you to get to the, the end result? Because you're calling me because you have a problem or you have a need and I'm here to help you. But if we can't get past what you're, what you, what you are continuously doing that is not serving you and you're not hearing that as an expert, I think we should probably go left and you continue to go right. I don't want to take your money, you know, and I don't want to waste your money. So for me, it's like, okay, how steadfast are you about synergy 
as much as you are about getting your business up and going or off the ground or continuously to grow. You know what I mean? So that's where it's showing up for me because it's like, I don't think this is going to be a good partnership, but you choose me as much as I choose you. Right. And this is a team. That's the benefit of being an independent consultant is that I get to choose that. In the workplace, I don't get a choice of who my team is. So, you know, you kind of just pacify it and deal with it. And, you know, you just, you know, you be like, okay, here comes Betty. And Betty is, you know, Betty is just always on 10 cups of coffee and just, you know, whatever, you know, you kind of know people's personalities. But when we're vetting each other and we're prospecting and you're evaluating whether or not you're going to go with me as opposed to a competitor, you know, or likewise, if I'm going to choose you to pick this up as a project, as opposed to going to the next client, those are things that I think about because I want us to be successful. And I don't want to spend the next 30 days pontificating back and forth about something that doesn't have anything to do with the price of tea in China, you know? So I, I don't want to do that. And that's where it's showing up for me. Got it. Okay. So it, I'm just going to kind of re lay back what I heard and you correct me if, you know, something doesn't align mm -hmm. or, or whatever. So most of this is happening on the prospect level, right? Like mm -hmm. you are visible. People see you. I like that vibe. I want to know what she's about. Can she help me? They reach out to you and you get into these discussions that are basically around, I see your problem this way. This is the direction that you should go. And then the client is like, or the prospect is well, no, I just want you to go and like execute on the vision that I already have. Cause like, I know best, like, is that mm -hmm. kind of what, what ends so, up happening? Yes. And I'll give you an example further. So there was a gentleman who has a multi-million dollar business who said, help, I'm hemorrhaging money left and right. I don't know why I'm hemorrhaging money. You know, this is their issues. This is my KPIs, you know, da, 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 da. So immediately I drill down to an operational issue, which is also a part of what you do as a project manager, right? So continuous improvement is important. So the first thing I said, okay, where, when was the last time you've done training? When was the last time you revised processes? When was the last time that you've gone into your fulfillment center to see what your team is doing? Because where you're wasting money is redundancy. I heard that right away. Oh, no, 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 that's not it. That's, that has nothing to do with it. You know, we're good there. And it was, it was like, he got really sensitive to that. And, I, and so I was confused because I said, but I thought you said you were him as your money. And this was a concern because you've invested and you have liquidity and you know that you're profitable, but you're losing money. So if we can stop and eliminate this waste here, you can make even more money and be even more profitable and continue to scale and grow your business. And I was trying to understand what was so problematic about me suggesting that we do a continuous improvement exercise, because that is a part of ongoing operations. You've understood that it takes, you have to go from A to B to get to C, right? So don't go from A to C and then go back to B because that's counterproductive, right? So let's do this right the first time in order and move forward. And he just was not hearing it. And when I tell you, he was so, I mean, he was, you could tell he was insulted just because I made that simple observation based on what he's telling me. And I was just like, okay, this is not going to be a good fit because instead of you saying, I just never thought about that, you got offended because I pointed out the obvious, you know what I mean? So I was like, okay, this is not going to be a good fit because I can see I will spend most of my time trying to convince you 
of how to execute as opposed to us being able to execute and move forward to the next issue. Got it. And did you get paid for that conversation or no? I actually did not take his money because I didn't want to waste his money. <laughs> I was just okay. like, That's I'll do this okay. for free. <laughs> so I guess to just uh, clarify my question a bit more, like mm -hmm. that whole discussion, your viewpoint, your analysis, your reflection back to him happened before there was like a contract or a mm -hmm. consulting fee exchange. This was like- correct he's a prospect and we're evaluating whether we're not going to work together. Right, right, right. I was just okay. filling him out, getting the, getting the understanding of what his business was because it was not as straightforward as it would seem to be. And I think thus that's where he was hemorrhaging money too, because it, they, you know, everybody wants to be the jack of all trades, but as they say, you're a master of none. So, you know, I'll keep it simple. We can't have an auto repair shop and a scarf sewing business in the same business entity, right? Those need to be two separate entities with two separate separate operations and processes and ways of working. So to simplify, they merged a whole bunch of stuff into one business and it wasn't translating in terms of, of profitability. And it was obvious that it needed to be separated and each thing needed to have its own processes documented. And, you know, because like I'm switching hats. So just let's just go and visit as employees. One minute I'm selling scarves, the next minute I'm going to change a tire. Like <laughs> think about just how, you know, how counterproductive that is in a day. So unfortunately, you know, he was wasting a lot of money and just labor because no one is consistently perfecting what they do. You know, if you go to a tire shop, you know, they may change tires, they may install tires, they may install rims, you know, there is some, it's some con continuity there, right? They may even change the oil, but they're not going to go and turn into a body shop while you're there. Like, that's just something they're not doing. So, you know, in simplified ways, he wasn't, he got a little bit offended because I was saying to him, we need to do some continuous improvement and streamline each individual operation as its own, you know, and you can roll it up under your own uh, incorporation, however you want to, but we need to break this out because you're, you're hemorrhaging money in that way. So in that vein, because you had mentioned about the same client or prospect, right? There's no point to go from A to C if we got to backtrack and go mm -hmm. to B so that we can actually make it to C properly. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you now put the lens back onto yourself, mm -hmm. when you are at the stage of, I have a prospect and we're vetting. So if in this example, A is somebody reaches out and we're on a call about working together. If that's mm -hmm. A, mm -hmm. C would be the project has started and mm -hmm. now my expertise is being shown to the client as like, this is the solution that I see for you. Mm -hmm. What has to happen in B for C to effectively happen? That's our discovery phase. So at this point, now we, we're looking at the car in the conversation. I think I want to buy this car, right? So, okay, I, I'm just going to challenge you here in a little bit because mm -hmm. your mind is so analytical and it's so good at creating like analogies to things. Mm -hmm. And you like it, everything you're saying makes absolute sense. Um, that can sometimes deter us away from shining the mirror mm -hmm. on ourselves. And, and mm -hmm. 
I have a reason why I'm, I'm going here. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to invite you not to interrupt you and, and like discount what you're mm -hmm. saying, but just to kind of bring it back to in this example, right? So you are with that prospect mm -hmm. that stage a C is I'm delivering on my expertise mm -hmm. from your perspective and his perspective, what has to align in B. So as we do our discovery mm -hmm. and we start to go underneath the hood of what's really happening, breaking it down, that's when I make, after my assessment, my recommendations on what the path will look like to move forward to go to see. Mm -hmm. And so we have to get to some consensus, right? So this is so what you're- Pause right there, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. You had described mm -hmm. what I interpreted to be as C- Mm -hmm. And what you just like, if we run back this conversation and we run back through what you said, mm -hmm. like you basically gave the whole breakdown of ever like, this is wrong. There's redundancy issues. This is why you're bleeding money. Your employees can't be doing like 10 different things at once. Mm -hmm. They got to be, you know, more tailored, more focused. That's mm -hmm. the issue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. You yourself didn't really say, okay, well, that's C that's post being paid. Mm -hmm. you actually delivered that at B mm -hmm. from my vantage point, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So like if the discovery is about, should we work together? Mm -hmm. My question to you is what part of you mm -hmm. is trying to prove so hard that you're an expert, that you give away all of your consulting mm -hmm. at B mm -hmm. doing in many ways from the outside, looking in what you mm -hmm. describe your client to do. I went to C, now I got to backtrack to B because B from my vantage point is I see your problem. Mm -hmm. I can fix it. This is how much it's going to cost. Do you want to go forward? Mm -hmm. It's not, I see your problem. Here's all the breakdown of the problems. Now pay me because that conversation that you just had for C, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's going to be a thing on the fulfillment side. But at that point, they've already committed. So they're more mm -hmm. likely to actually listen to you. At this right. point, they haven't committed. So now it becomes an argument of whose worldview is right. Right. And I understand exactly what you're saying, because typically what I do when I do my discovery phase and I do my analysis, I typically write all that stuff out. But in all honesty, I can gauge from the conversation that we weren't going to get that far, you know, just, just based on conversation, because what I would typically say to a client is, okay, I'm going to take this information and I'm going to pr present to you two different pathways of which way it looks. And I give them a high level breakdown of what it looks like. And I could kind of perceive, I could kind of, well, it wasn't kind of, I could feel that there will be some hesitancy anyway. Like sometimes, you know, when people want to buy or they're going to buy into you, their response is a little bit different. You know, it's not um, so aggressive, you know, because they want the help, right? So that's why, and you're absolutely right. I did do that. And that was something that I've had to learn to not do as well, is not to give all the milk away to the cow when, you know, it's a streamlined approach to how we get there. So what you're saying absolutely makes sense. Absolutely. Perfect. And then, so you would say that this is like, it's been a pattern, right? Like mm -hmm. this was one example of maybe the latest prospect, but this has like been a pattern in the mm -hmm. past, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I would say. Okay. Perfect. So in that case, what do you think this part of you gains mm -hmm. by essentially to say, for lack of a better word, oversharing at that stage? It saves me time. 
in the long run. And and I, I'm a okay, huge- so pause right there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a huge proponent of time, period. Time is precious to everybody, right? So okay, I don't so want to wait- Pause right there, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I jump to see where the pattern I've noticed is I got to give the milk to the cow. So I, I've mm-hmm. given the thing away before mm-hmm. anybody's actually agreed to pay me for it. But mm-hmm. it's going to save me time. How? If first and foremost, it's not serving the client because mm-hmm. you're actually wasting their time by mm-hmm. giving them the thing that they're not ready for yet because they haven't shown the commitment that they're ready for it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's wasting your time, especially if you're aware of the pattern. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, three, like this is time you could like it's opportunity cost or like you could be right. using this for something else. Mm-hmm. So is that narrative, this is actually saving me time true? Now that you framed it that way, no, it is not. <laughs> but, um, you know, for me, it's just like, I don't want to mislead you that, you know, if I'm hearing that it's not going to be a good fit, I don't want to say, okay, I can do this, that, and the third. And then you Perfect. decide that okay. it so may not be a good fit for you. Yeah. Going back again to because you said your integrity is one of your main mm-hmm. strengths, right? So mm-hmm. that answer makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't want to mislead. Integrity is super important to me beautiful right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so in that instance i don't want to mislead Mm -hmm. what about not sharing the full picture of your expertise to somebody who's not ready for it yet Mm -hmm. because and just so we're on the same page i define readiness as this person has Mm -hmm. shown me that they're committed by putting Mm -hmm. their money down now i know that they're ready to actually like look at the space in my head Mm-hmm. prior to that, we're both determining whether we're ready. So mm-hmm. if you spill the beans right mm-hmm. away on the stuff that's in your head that they technically should be paying for, mm-hmm. is that integrity with yourself? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. not a share. It's not a shared um, investment at that point. Correct. So Mm -hmm. it's not a shared investment in your, it's it's not a mutual investment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But it is in integrity for you to give away your mental real estate for free or worse to deaf ears. Mm. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You are integrity with the other person. Like there's nothing about what you're doing that is remotely like, I'm going to screw you over. That's abundantly (laughs) clear. Like you, you deeply (laughs) care about the relationship, about the person, about delivering Mm -hmm. the value Mm -hmm. in that space though, the person you are neglecting that you're not in integrity with is actually yourself Mm because your needs aren't being met Mm -hmm. by pouring energy into an empty or Cup. cup. Or like a cup actually has like uh, holes in it. Yeah. Because they're not ready for it. They haven't demonstrated to you. So you are in integrity with the other, but not within yourself. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, does that resonate? It does. Because I, I mean, that's something that I've, I'm learning to master even in my personal relationships. It's like when people just are not processing, don't do it. So I just need to take that same philosophy with me as I go into the workplace, you know, and just make sure that I'm not wasting my time per se or energy 
speaking to someone who doesn't value enough to make that exchange of money in exchange for the the mental uh wherewithal the the um what's what's the word the um intelligence um I forgot what it's called but anyway you know what I mean <laughs> where 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 you know we are um paying in exchange for the mental mental information that you have to have because it is a discipline you know like you have to do so much to master this level so I absolutely understand what you're saying got it and just to kind of drive the, the observation further right because I mean obviously it's the first time we've met so like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going off of the stuff that you shared so far mm -hmm. right but even there's things you said near the beginning so like I'll kind of do anything to make mm -hmm. sure that people don't perceive me the wrong way mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. if I combine that with what like this saying this integrity piece or sharing everything mm -hmm. there is a strong need that like I have to prove at each moment, like how smart and how good it is that I actually am. Cause I don't want to be perceived in a way that is like less than that. I'm not the expert that I'm not delivering, that I'm not giving it my all. So it's like, again, the perspective is outside with the neglect of the self. Cause I'm pretty sure. And I know we haven't died in and you can let me know if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure in the fulfillment bit, like what makes you so good at your job is you can see 10 steps ahead. And because this need to kind of like show and prove is so strong, you're probably spewing everything at them 10 steps ahead. Meanwhile, they're just trying to process like step one. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, it, it just falls on deaf ears because they don't get it. And then they get overwhelmed mm -hmm. Meanwhile, for you. There's this part of you that's like, no, but like this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. does that resonate with regards to how like your kind of more day-to-day -day fulfillment work shows up? I would say yes, because I, you know, when, whenever I find that people are getting into minutia, right, I'll just tell them to pause, we'll come back to that for another day, let's just focus on this. So I do break it down into uh, smaller, more palatable meals, because it's a lot to digest when you're undertaking projects, and in, remember, a lot of projects deals with a lot of known unknowns. So you can't solve for what you don't know. So when you come into existence of these things or awareness of these different things, that's when we have to say, okay, let's just take it one thing at a time. But that's why I also try to advocate that we don't just up and do stuff or rush to get to Z. You know, let's take a minute to dissect what it is that we're doing and think about every possible scenario of what can go right and what can go wrong so that we can make sure that we plan for those different things. So I absolutely know what you're saying because I've had to tell several people sometimes, okay, let's just pause. Let's just focus on this for right now so that we don't get ahead of ourselves and put the cart before the horse. Now, if they go ahead and want to do that, then, you know, I, of course I don't advise that, but, you know. I go with the flow of what my client wants to do because they're the ones who's inevitably paying for this endeavor. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we can get mm -hmm. into a boundaries conversation there as well <laughs> because I mean, they are paying you to be the expert, which means mm -hmm. you got to show them things that they don't know and potentially go in a direction that uh, they didn't initially anticipate. Mm -hmm. um, but just going back to then the like integrity piece and this kind of overarching need or inclination to put the mm -hmm. other kind of in front of yourself mm -hmm. is this a pattern that you see elsewhere in your life oh this is good because i just had this conversation with one of my friends yesterday 
Yep. <laughs> and she said the same thing. That's why I'm laughing because she was like, why do you, why are you so cognizant and mindful of other people, you know, but you, you don't make them have that same awareness about you, you know? And she was like, you respect other people, but you don't make them respect you. So yeah. 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 So here is now where it begins to unpack into mm-hmm. deeper things. Right. And certainly mm-hmm. there's going to be remnants of this and ripples of this within childhood of like how this pattern mm-hmm. actually came to be, because it is fundamentally like a safety pattern. Mm-hmm. Like if everybody else is okay. And if I can manage them, then I can feel safe on some mm-hmm. level. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely if you're already seeing it in other people is showing up in relationships, right this is now it's seeping into your business. And I would probably, I mean, I know we haven't gotten into this, but I would also guess you're probably undercharging as well because mm-hmm. you're undervaluing the actual information you have in your head and your expertise mm-hmm. because you're so quick to share it. So you're probably mm-hmm. undercharging there as well, which probably means you're getting clients that also either don't have the capacity or the inclination to actually meet you at the level of your expertise. So mm-hmm. does any of that resonate for you? Yeah, that makes sense. Cause somebody else was telling me that I'm definitely undercharging, but they were yeah. also a finance person. So he was like, you know, you'd be charging a lot more for this. hundred <laughs> percent. Right. So mm-hmm. now you're getting it from like multiple Two different people, <laughs> different things. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So now this is where it's starting to unpack. Right. So you got the one aspect of how do you define integrity for yourself? Mm-hmm. Right. Then it goes into boundaries, not just defining the boundaries that will keep you in a, in integrity and prioritize you by you for you because you value yourself, but then also being the referee of those boundaries mm-hmm. and then really staying strong in your own power to charge what you're worth, to show up in a way that honors that because you're not going to be consulting for free so you can prove that you're good enough your Mm -hmm. price and your approach and you know the energy you bring to those negotiations will do that Mm -hmm. um that to me is kind of the the overarching pictures on like what aspects of you are going to have to up level to really get you past Mm -hmm. that ceiling and, and beyond so how does all of that like land for you it definitely makes absolute sense you know and, and you're right, it does go back to like upbringing because of the fact that, you know, when you, when you, when you look at things, it, and I mean, it can go down a whole rabbit hole of different issues, but when you also think about, you know, societal things, you know, like you, that plays a factor in how you perceive, you know, and are either overly sensitive or desensitive to certain things or desensitized to certain things, um, happening like certain triggers and things like that and just all of that stuff right so you're absolutely right because I did you know like you just are not mindful that all of these little instances culminates into one bigger thing and it defines who you are as a person and how you show up and the different spaces to the capacity that you show up and you know even if you code switch or you just you know I, you know, I'm here, this is me, you know, that type of thing, you know, it all goes into that one instance. 100%. Yeah. And then when you add those other layers to it, like I'm sure even as a female going into, you know, business and consulting where, you know, like men or whatever are going to have to trust Mm -hmm. you 
like I, I can see the trigger to like, I have to actually prove myself more. Mm-hmm. Right. So that absolutely makes sense. And it just kind of multiplies the, the sentiment that you're bringing in from whatever part of you that kind of learned this pattern long ago. Uh, yeah. So I agree with you. The, the, there's a lot of layers here, uh, but the good side of it is it's, it's a beautiful space to be in because from here you can blossom, right? Like a, right. being aware of where I'm at. Um, that that's really the the part that um, I just want to highlight. This isn't doom and gloom so I can shut down, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those, like I can either put this in the trunk and let it slow me down or I can put it in the tank and let it fuel me, right? So right. that that's really like the space that that you're in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there's a lot here and there's so much we can do in, you know, just one kind of podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but does that feel complete for you? Is there still something left outstanding? No, I mean, definitely. It definitely has given me something to think about for today um, because you're absolutely right. Like just coming into this field, a tech space at that, you know, where women are less than 6%, you know, I've heard all kinds of things, you know, people just try to insult your intelligence, you know, and question your reasoning of being here. And that's where it's like, okay, you know, I've learned to just say, I I don't want people to perceive, you know, or question this because they verbally expressed that to me, you know? So um, it is a defense mechanism, but it's something for me to be mindful of and to make sure that I don't have to work as hard to prove myself because I have the credentials. I have the resume. I have the, you know, the portfolio of the clients that I've helped. And I, I have proven track record of, you know, how I turn things around. So it's like, I don't have to petition to you to get you to believe me. You know, I said what I said, this is what I said. I meant what I said, either it resonates with you or it doesn't, you know, and maybe that's the stamp, not necessarily that way, but maybe that's the approach that I should have as opposed to the approach that you've identified earlier. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Amen. Okay. That's exactly the approach <laughs> you need to be going. like that energy way more powerful than everything you just said prior. And I'm not discounting it, but I'm just saying like, yes, that, especially in those instances where there's like that sentiment of like, you know, Oh, like, I don't know, like there's not a lot of like, especially you got something like that. Like, there's not a lot of women in this space. Like, are you worth it? Whatever. Like that's the energy you need to come into it with 110%. So yeah, I'm glad that that's what popped up for you because 110% that's it. So um, on that note, uh, I always ask people to summarize uh, their kind of takeaways and experience here. So if you could just summarize in your own mm-hmm. words, you know, what was the problem that you came into uh, the episode with? And then what was your biggest kind of takeaway or aha moment as a result of the conversation? Absolutely. So my biggest issue that I perceived was my inability to have the soft skills that I needed to properly engage when dealing with difficult clients. Um, or perceived difficult clients. And my takeaway is, it's not that I need to be focused on my soft skills. It's just valuing and respecting myself that I am who I am. I said what I said. (laughs) And, you know, this, you know, this is who I am. And this is what I do to help people. And either it resonates with you, or it does not, you know, and and if not, that's fine. Then we know that we're at an impasse in terms of relationship and this is not where we're moving forward, but don't cower, don't dumb down, don't feel like you have to prove, you know, you have everything that you need in your bag to be able to go on this journey. And you don't have to dump the bag out on the table to say, I'm ready to go. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that was uh, beautifully summarized. And uh, thank you very much for that. And uh, 
basically the floor is now yours to let everybody know, you know, who's the best person to find you as far as any of the work that you do or like who you work with and uh, let everybody know where they can find you. Floor is yours for that. Absolutely. So I am eager and interested in working with any small business owner who has any type of problem that you need a solution to be solved or you have an idea and you're not quite sure or you may already have this whole vision packaged in your mind and you just want to bounce ideas off of. I'm more than willing here to help you. I love to take visions and turn them into tangible products or services and to achieve results. So if that's someone like yourself and you need some help, feel free to reach out to me. I am on the web at alexisnicolewhite.com. You can also find me on all of the social media at Alexis, because I swear one day I'm going to hear Oprah say that. <laughs> but um, my social media handles are all double letters, A-H-L-E-X-I-S. And I look forward to working with you soon. Awesome. Well, we'll include all of that in the show notes. Ab Alexis, thank you very much for coming on. And for everybody else listening, you can catch my post uh, call wrap up right after this. And otherwise, we'll see you on the next one. So what I want to dive into post episode uh, with Alexis is... I think that the worthiness piece happens with all of us. It happens to all entrepreneurs uh, when we kind of have that time where we realize, hey, like I need to actually charge what I'm worth. And, you know, many people have done that. Happens all the time. It's pretty common. Uh, so I won't dive into it today. But what I do want to stress on is one aspect of worthiness that isn't it's a little bit more nuanced, but isn't talked about as much, which is this aspect of time. And in multiple instances on the show, I kind of called out the bit about her disconnection with time. Like, oh, it's just, it's, it's, it's time. So this is an extremely, extremely important um, point. Negating the obvious aspects of like, well, my time on earth is limited, therefore it's the most important part of what I do, or it's the most important resource that I have. Like going beyond that time as like just more of a sense of like, it's not important is going to be absolutely like it's absolute destruction on, on your day-to-day life. It ripples in so many different ways. Like if my time isn't important, then everybody else gets priority over my time. If my time isn't important, then it's not really something I'm going to charge a lot for. If my time isn't important and there's never enough of it for me because other people are generally filling it. If my time isn't important or it's cheap, then I'm likely not investing it in things that are actually important, right? My health, my well-being, my self-care, whatever the thing might be. So often we think about the actual money side of things. We completely and utterly neglect the time side of things. There comes a point where it's like, like even if you look at it in, in team building, 
because you don't value your time, you end up spinning all plates. If you're still in the phase of entrepreneurship where, you know, you're dealing with like, you're just a solopreneur because the sentiment that time's not important and that money is more important, you end up neglecting to actually hire and you extend that way longer than you actually need to. And that's a big problem. Because now not only are you able to get that time back, it's also then reflected back into your business, your pricing, like everything that you do. And time at the end of the day is how we fill it. Like in and of its own, it kind of doesn't exist. It's, it's this measuring stick of moment to moment experience and, you know, going outside of like the physics bit, but like I don't have enough time means I don't have enough focused attention on how I'm allocating my experiences and actions to fill the measurement of time. So I'm going to keep this very short because I invite you to just kind of think about what this actually means in the grand scheme of things and to ask yourself, like, am I actually trading more priority for money than I am for time? And am I discounting how important uh, actually time is? Because it is the only unit of measure that we have to actually make any changes. So keeping it very short for today. Uh, and as always, if you are hitting a business ceiling that you need uh, help with, and you've done all of the strategy, you know, all the business stuff, which is not working, then let's talk because I can guarantee you there is a part of you that's seeping into the business that isn't getting addressed. And that's what I specialize in helping you. All right. See you guys on the next one.